Welcome to An Eye for Business. Exploring the entrepreneurial mindset of people who are blind or vision impaired. Brought to you in partnership between Blind Citizens Australia and Vision Australia. Hello there, welcome to this episode of An Eye for Business. An Eye for Business is very closely related to the Entrepreneurial Mindset webinar series, which is run by Blind Citizens Australia in partnership with Vision Australia between September and December 2022. This is episode four. This week, we're going to feature somebody who's doing something which could arguably be said to be outside of the norm for somebody who's blind or vision impaired. Craig Shanahan is the owner and manager of the Blind Chef Cafe in New South Wales. Craig, thanks so much for joining us on the program. Start by telling us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up and uh, what's your life and work experience been thus far? Yeah, uh, so um, I've grown up in a place called St. Clair, which is uh, from Western Sydney, uh, about an hour from the CBD. Um, and and in terms of work, I, I began um, in as an apprentice chef um, back once I left year 10 school and then um, continue on progressing through my career as a, as a chef, working in many different restaurants. Um, but yeah, 30 years of age and um, yeah, lived, lived quite a normal life um, growing up as a kid and then into the working scene. So you're clearly vision impaired now. Have you always been vision impaired? And what's your vision status at the moment? Uh, so I haven't always been vision impaired. So um, a little rundown, I, I, had, um, I lost my left eye, which was due to cancer when I was at the age of two. Um, so I went through cancer and radiation. So I always had perfect vision in my right eye up until 2014. So that was when I was diagnosed with a uh, brain tumor, which um, affected my brain, uh, sorry, affected my optic nerve, um, which then led to me becoming legally blind. So at the moment they class me, at, I think with about 6%, um, but in my personal way of describing my um, my vision is I can see sa uh, shadows and silhouettes, and I like to say that if I if I can kind of see what I'm looking for, I, I if I know what's there, I can see it. But if I'm in a from uh, an area where I'm unfamiliar with, that's when I um I can't really make out anything, and um I don't have much focus in terms of the object. So that's when I rely more on my cane and my guide dog. So clearly, you developed your vision impairment um, subsequent to you commencing your career as a chef. What were your thoughts around the time that you acquired your vision impairment um, around continuing your chosen profession? Um, that's a very good question. So I, when, when I was uh, working as a chef, I've always had the dream of opening my own premise, whether it be a cafe, restaurant, um, or anything in the food in industry as such. So when I did come vision impaired, um, I kind of went for a few jobs and then realized that there's there's not too many chances out there and one the biggest thing overall is I didn't have any experience in any other fields so that's when the when the idea came to me that well I may as well follow my dream and that's what led it to me basing it around more being accessible for other impairments or disabilities um, so the first thought was kind of what am I going to do now and how do I do that 
And then the biggest thing was how do I kind of turn my cafe into something unique and also give back to other people with a, with a disability or vision impairment. So that's kind of what drew my, my big goal or dream, I should say, in terms of one, doing my, my own cafe, but two, also making it um, accessible for others. And that way they can kind of um, experience what I've always wanted to do um, now that I'm vision impaired. So that's kind of where the big over um, the big picture came came from. So there's been a number of people over the years who've been interested in following a career in food services uh, throughout their vision impairment. Some have been totally blind and some have uh, been low vision and many have succeeded, but probably not to the extent of starting their own cafe. Tell us a little bit about your business, um, what your business model is and how it works. Yeah, so um, so I'm a cafe. Uh, we operate seven, uh, seven days a week. Um, we offer breakfast uh, and lunch uh, menus um, and also we are looking into doing more of our dessert bar element. So uh, the, the place is called the Blind Chef Cafe and Dessert Bar, um, which is a modern Australian food. Um, but the, the bigger thing in terms of the food as such, um, I actually like to do special events. So for myself being the chef and still having the skills with cutting and prepping and even cooking as such with, a, with someone like kind of supervising, um, I do special events where uh, we could say the Blind Chef evening night where I put a four-course degustation together. So that's like a four-course meal where people can come and have myself cook for them. Uh, we also do other events, uh, which we've got come, one coming up shortly, uh, where we actually um, put a blindfold on all of our customers and we have them try to work out what the first dish is and then uh, eat their meal uh, with the blindfold on. And this this is more or less for them to get an idea. Um, I have a lot of friends that like to, you know, have a little um, fun with me when I eat because I push the food around the plate. So... For me, it gives others the opportunity to see what it's like to do a daily task, um, eating blind, um, and we we like give prizes away and um, little little games um, in terms of you know trying to draw our logo with a blindfold on and things like that. Um, so that's the food side of things, and the biggest other thing I um, do is we've made the whole layout of the cafe very accessible. So um, the whole entrance is ramped. We've got a double door that opens up for wheelchairs and obviously enough room for a guide dog. Um, the counter itself has a rounded edge. So if you were a customer to come in and walk straight ahead, you hit the counter and then just follow that um, the corner around, which would put you lined up in the whole um, with a big long hallway where you walk down the end of the cafe um, which actually divides all the seating, so there's no chairs and things to worry about running into. Um, also, all of the uh, colours and theme things, so it's an industrial theme, which is basically all different shades and textures, so anywhere from my uh, tables, which are like a timber, to my uh, chairs, which are black, so anyone that has that little bit of vision can make out a chair to as a dark colour, the, the cafe anywhere down to the tables which are made out of timber to the plates. Um, so I have different colours which are green, pink, um, there's also a cream. Um, and this is so that um, you can make out the, the objects on the tables if you have a little bit of vision like myself. Um, which, which is the whole idea of the cafe as such. 
Oh, look, I tell you, what a pleasure to go into a cafe that's uh, so well set up for accessibility. What about things like serving? Do you expect people to come to the counter and know what they want? Or do you have Braille menus? Or do you have people coming to the tables? How does that work? Yes, yeah, so this is another large topic that I base the, um, the cafe uh, creation around. Um, so for myself, being a chef, I'd love to go out to other venues and um, would receive you know, uh, people that are unaware of the way that, you know, um, a vision impaired person should be greeted. So in terms of accessibility, um, we have our trained staff um, basically be polite and, and guide uh, a person. So I know from experience, obviously, if someone sees a vision impair, uh, impairment person, they might grab you or, or try to help you in a way that doesn't exactly help. So for my staff, we're more trained to um, ask if you would like to um, follow my voice or if you need a hand to find the seat mm. as such. Um, so my my, um, my staff are definitely there to do that. And then in terms of service, uh, it's all table service. So our, our um, staff uh, will come up to you and explain the menu verbally, uh, what we have. Um, we do off also offer our menus in uh, voiceover. So that's on a mini iPad um, with the whole menu uh, on a voiceover app, which reads out everything to you. We also have uh, our Braille menus as well. So this is for people that have learned Braille. Uh, the whole menu's done like that, including the drinks. And if there was any questions in regards to any of the items, our staff are there to um, to help with that. We have the FPOS machine that can be brought to the table um, for you guys to pay, or even in in the case of cash, we can do that uh, in your in your seated position, and then. Um, yeah, help help um, get to the bathroom. Um, and then our staff are very trained into how to welcome someone with a vision impairment and um, make them feel as welcome as I would like to be um, and not um, inconvenience them when they're mm. entering a premise. So when you got started, what sort of work did you have to do and what sort of hoops did you have to jump through in order to be able to, for example, get your license as a person who's vision impaired? Um, and how have you managed with some of the regulations that go around in the food service industry? Yeah, so um, this is a very big thing um, with a lot of uh, things I had to overcome. Um, in saying that, a lot of it wasn't based as much on my vision impairment. So... Um, for myself, uh, as you know, I'm a, I'm a qualified chef, so I knew the background of the, the kitchen, so I needed to learn everything to go with the front of house. So I did go and do a diploma of um, hospitality management, uh, which then continued to an advanced diploma. So that's where I learned a lot of the regulations, um, legal aspect of things, um, and what I basically needed to do. So once I finished TAFE, I set out to find a premise, um, which I did, which is an old Thai restaurant, and then began the pre um, <clears throat> the hardest part of everything, which was called a um, development development application application. So this is done through um, your local council, uh, which includes everything down to architects drawing it out, um, having all everything inspected after you've done. So we did a real uh, uh, full fit out. So we basically stripped everything out, took the roof out itself to make it look like industrial, uh, retiled the whole place, the bathrooms, um, redid the kitchen, the electrical. So we literally did everything, um, including putting a disabled toilet in. So I think the hardest aspect, aspect of everything that I found was, again, 
trying to convince a lender, uh, whether it be a, a private lender or a bank, to get a, um, a loan. Um, with myself being on a dis- disability pension, they look for you being able to pay that back. So that was a time-consuming thing, um, which I did get a pre-approval. Um, and then the hurdles were such things as like the lockdown, so pandemic. So um, I purchased the premise 2019, which was December. Um, and then we went into the first pandemic, which was March 2020. So we went through that. Um, and then my loan got taken away, but I was lucky to get another one. Um, then we started the fit out and then, um, opened our doors 2021 in April. Um, but the other long things we had to do was the, uh, development application, which took about six months. Um, so that's going through all of the legal things such as, you know, building code of conduct, um, making sure everything is safe, um, <clears throat> you know, toilet handles, right measurements, um, to the point where I even had to move one of my walls 200 millimetres just to make it uh, building regulated. So mm. it's, it's a lot of issues. Um, with the vision impairment um, as such, um, extra safety procedures needed to be put in place. Um, I had to designate things for... Uh, such as a food safety officer, um, which will basically just inspect the kitchen um, to make sure everything is is done. Obviously, with no with me having no sight, that's something that I have to kind of rely on my team to do. Um, but yeah, in, in in aspect of being vision impaired, there wasn't a lot that really held me back. Um, it was just a matter of having being capable of doing all the work um, that was needed and time. Um, to get it over the line. So it was definitely a long process, probably took a, uh, a whole year in, in uh, from beginning to, to the end to actually get all the paperwork and things done. Um, and then <clears throat> exactly with the fit out, so there was a lot of help mm. involved in, in getting all the different trades and things like that. So um, I wouldn't say the vision impairment held me back a lot, but it definitely made things a lot kind of time consuming and um just having to bounce over those barriers a bit harder than than maybe a sighted person might do so talk to us about a day in your life obviously starting a cafe you said you've got breakfast and lunch menus so i'm guessing it's a fairly early morning for you yes exactly yes yeah. so um at the moment the cafe is opening at 6 30 a.m um but when summer comes which is very shortly it will be a 6 a.m uh, start so uh, up at around 4.30 in the morning, um, kind of leave the house 5, 5.30, depending on what day it is. Um, get to work, pretty much set up. So um, on myself, I turn everything on in the kitchen, kind of um, set up a bit and then make sure the front's done. Um, so that's like the coffee machine, um, opening the front, putting the furniture out and things like that. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much as soon as you set up and open those doors, um, work starts for the day. Um, with myself being the owner of the business, the chef, the waiter, I'm kind of an aspect that's everywhere. So it's, it's a very, um, kind of hard, like long day. Um, so if I'm not in the kitchen, I'll be waitering or I'll be in the office. Cause I also look after a lot of the emails, the inquiries, um, so it is a, it is quite long, um, and then lunchtime from about twelve to one thirty is quite flat out, um, and then in the late afternoon we start settling down, and then it's time for clean up. So 
Um, a general day is normally about uh, getting up 4.30 and leaving the cafe at around 3, 3.30 sometimes. Um, and then it doesn't really stop getting home. You've got, you know, things like emails, invoicing, um, payroll, just, just a lot of things that you've got to kind of remind yourself for. Um, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is um, keeping track of events like catering and what day is coming up because you've got to prepare for that. So that could be from anywhere from ordering the food, the alcohol, um, you know, just touching base with the client to see if they want to bring anything in to set up. So it is um, it is a uh, long days, um, but, you know, that's kind of what makes the... the um, you the you the owner like I'm kind of the the um, owner of the place and the and the face of it too so you know for me to to not be a part of that in all aspects is um something I need to do and um, I love to chat with my customers when they come in so um, that's kind of finding out their experience what they think of the venue um, with my guide dog there as well he roams around the the venue and and uh, says hi to a lot of the customers so. There's many questions in regards to him and um, how we're a good team and things like that. So yeah, it's a they are long days um, and the weekends a lot busier. But um, with the events too, so there's sometimes we we would do a morning shift and a night shift um, on the same day. So it could mm. be big hours, but um, it's you've got to have the love for the industry to do that. Tell us about some of the backroom stuff or the admin stuff. Do you do all of the admin work, ordering food and dealing with supplies and things like that? And how does that go for you? Um, <clears throat> yes, at the moment, uh, I do have a head chef involved with my uh, my team. Um, so we share the ordering role. So, for example, um, she might do um, a few things through the iPad, which would be like such as your dry goods and your vegetables, um, and the large volume of high things but um if she would communicate with myself and say hey can you order this order that so um i'm always asking my team do i need to order anything today or even if i'm not at work i might have to touch base with them um the admin side of things so for our social media i pretty much prepare um the meat like the content and then i'll have a uh, my sister who's also a part of the business um do all the posting so that's also something that's involved like we would have to meet once a week to do the rostering together we also do the social media content um preparing for events coming up in terms of ordering um and then touching base with the bookkeeper to pay bills so every day there's something that's kind of that you need to do um on a week-to-week basis um but yeah, and then but then also the side of the emails. Like emails is only an hour, you know, a day, and that's just going through a lot of the emails, um, which could be from invoicing, um, anywhere from inquiries about catering events, um, and even getting like feedback and things. Like there's a lot of people that hear about the business and might email us to to do a booking on the on the email. So we say yeah, we can do that or um, special requirements. So. Um, the admin side of things is is probably something that um, that I never never did before that I've learned now. So tell me about your team profile. You talked about the fact that uh, you make it accessible for people with disability. Do you have other people with disability working for you? 
Ah, uh, yes, so um, that's something that we're looking into now, now that we're a bit more established. Um, so I do have a lady by the name of um, Cherie who has only recently started, I think at least maybe three or four weeks ago. Um, she does have a vision impairment um, where, um, again, she will need to focus on maybe an iPad to take her menu. Uh, but she she's employed um, so she does the waitering um, She clears tables. Uh, we're actually going to get her to do some drinks and things um, so yeah, I have um, her herself and um, I also do a lot of work experience. So I have um, kids that come in and um, for maybe once a week or um, They even come in for a week at a time that we can show the ropes to doing the waitering side of things or even in the kitchen um, kids from school that are just leaving that may have um, autism or a disability of some sort um, and that's kind of what we like to do to give them the the inside of working but also um, to show them that they that any job is they can do it's not you know if someone says that you can't do this then you that that's not um you that's like not a reason to give up as such so um, we do have an apprentice that um, has autism starting soon, so he was working at another venue as a first year apprentice, um, but he was too slow, so we're looking at maybe bringing him on board as a prep chef, um, that way he can still learn the job, uh, but in a slower part of the kitchen, so he still um, can learn what he wants to do and love for um, enjoy his love for cooking, um, but do it. Um, you know, in a controlled environment instead of um, not being able to do his job at all. So mm. um, that's kind of, um, you know, that that's what we wanted to do. And with myself finding it so hard to find a job, um, when I first began vision impairment, um, that's all also a goal of mine is to give back to others that have been looking for jobs for so long. Um, but in the case of a cafe, there's only a certain amount of team members you can have. Um, so there's always... A lot of inquiries but um yeah once you know that position comes up we can um we we look we we put the uh the lookout for another member to join our team and it, it sounds like the cafe is going really well what do you think are some of the most difficult things for you as a business owner who is vision impaired i think the biggest thing is um just uh i think overall the the time so uh a simple task may take me a little bit longer to do um for example you know if i'm um if i'm waitering i actually have my chef read out the docket and then told me the table number now this is something that might be a little bit more time consuming for them as well um but it's also meaning that i can fulfill a, a major job of the venue and also, um, you know, say say hi to my guests when I'm delivering the food because the the biggest thing for me is getting their feedback and, and how they enjoyed the food and things. So I'd say the biggest thing uh, being vision impaired is time and just having to find different ways to do certain jobs. Mm. Um, so even in the kitchen, if there, you know, is a job where there's, you know, five burgers on order, then I would have to you know, put them in an order and kind of remember which one went on first. And that's that's all about team, um, kind of team, uh, like, working together because, for me, I rely on my team in the kitchen um, to put things where they've got, like, come, like, got on the thing from, um, 
So that way for me, I'd say, oh, the chicken's over there. I've got to go get it from there. But if my other chef was to move it somewhere, then you that would be... Know. Yeah, I wouldn't know, yeah. So that's time-consuming having to them... For them to, to then find it as such. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, with, with today's age, there is so much technology and things out there that really helps us. Um, you know, with the, the phone, uh, the computer... Um, talking scales in the kitchen, talking measuring jugs, um, talking thermometers. There's so much out there that really helps my uh, me be able to do my job. Um, but yeah, I think being vision impaired, um, I, I'm a very humorous person. I have a lot of laughs at work. Um, even when I'm bringing out the food to customers, a lot of them don't actually realise I'm, I'm vision impaired. So it might be a case of me holding the food saying, can you please grab this? Or, um, you know, I might give them the wrong meal. I'd say this is a bacon egg roll, but it's it's not. It's the person <laughs> across from them. So there's a lot of humorous little things that go on at work. Um, but that's that's what makes us, you know, who we are, like the blind chef. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of customers that come to experience, um, one, the, the fact it's a blind chef, but two... Um, you know, to, to meet myself and, and they get quite inspired by by my story. Is there anything you would have done differently if you were to open your cafe now? I think the the only thing is I might, may have started off a little bit smaller, so a smaller venue, um, simply just because of the cost of overheads and the time that we went through. Like, you know, if, if obviously the biggest thing was maybe not open before a pandemic, but that's something that was... Um, out of our hands as such um, but no I don't think too much um, I really uh, love the the um, aspect of the cafe and the design and everything that we've done um, I think I would have maybe um, started off maybe like more of the dessert element now because it's something that I've got to bring bring on a bit later like our nighttime service for desserts and things but um it's all, it's all coming in time. You know, you can't really rush in and do everything at once. Um, but no, I think what I've done and created is great. It's just a matter of keeping that up and um, spreading the word and and keeping up the customers. You know, so um, I think everyone that comes is really happy and and has a great experience. And um, and yeah, where we're kind of looking to do a lot more events to to get that aspect that's that aspect out there um you know of the blindfold events and um and things like that you know it's definitely something that people um you know should definitely try to come out and, and experience um one to kind of um experience the food and, and what we're capable of doing but two just to um to to you know um see what you can have yourself if you put your mind to it you know like there's uh, it's definitely a hard thing to do, but, um, you know, cafes in that industry is a large thing, but there's a lot of other um, small things that you might be able to do as a business. Um, but, yeah, more just to come out, experience it, um, invite, you know, you, you, your friends along to to come and um, and try the food. But, yeah, it's, it's more just having the accessible cafe for everyone to enjoy. Um, and the biggest thing with us is... Um, I want to share the awareness of vision impairment to others so they're aware um, they're aware also because that's one thing I noticed becoming vision impaired is I didn't know I didn't know a lot at all um, about blind people 
Um, but then once, you know, once you, ha you, you have it happen to yourself, there's so many good people out there and things that are available for, for the vision impaired. So that's kind of what I, my, my goal is to share that with others and, and make them aware also. And if you'd like to know more about Craig, you can have a look at the website bccafe.com.au. That's bccafe.com.au. The Entrepreneurial Mindset webinar series is being run by Blind Citizens Australia between September and December of 2022. It's developed in partnership with Vision Australia and this podcast, An Eye for Business, is an offshoot of that webinar series and it's very closely linked. We'll be featuring more episodes of this series and we'll be hearing from the participants of the webinars in the coming weeks. If you'd like to find out more about the Entrepreneurial Mindset webinar series or the podcast, contact Blind Citizens Australia, 1800 033 660. 1800 033 660. I do hope you've enjoyed hearing more about Craig Shanahan. I'll be back again next week. You have been listening to An Eye for Business, exploring the entrepreneurial mindset of people who are blind or vision impaired. This is a series of programmes brought to you in partnership between Blind Citizens Australia and Vision Australia. Join us again next week.